0: I think everyone is worried. We're just all cautiously optimistic. Tonight, preventing the Festival of Lights from casting a pandemic shadow two weeks from now. Plus.
1: It, it grabbed hold and it, it, it won the battle.
0: A man in his 30s suddenly dies of COVID-19 at home. Why his co-workers are in shock and. It was him I was more worried about. A 4-day ordeal in the backcountry ends with a BC couple found
2: alive. You're watching Global BC.
3: This is Global News Hour at 6.
0: Good evening and happy Diwali. The celebration of lights is normally marked by get-togethers within South Asian communities. But with COVID-19 cases surging, particularly in Fraser Health, authorities and others are urgently asking us all not to attend gatherings outside our own households. But is the message being heeded or even heard? Nadia Stewart has our top story.
4: Normally, this plaza would be bustling, a hub for South Asian families preparing for Diwali celebrations. But this year, a noticeable change. Everyone wearing masks, lining up outside stores and bakeries. I have uh, two sweet shops in the building where my office is. And generally, the day before Diwali, it's lines and big tents outside, and I did not see anything. Puneet Sander of the South Asian Business Association says it is going to be a Diwali unlike any other. This time last year, the drivers of, of this neighborhood would have been full. People coming in, going out, exchanging gifts, wishing each other, hugging. As you see, it's quiet. A major celebration for Sikhs and Hindus.
5: <laughs>
4: the temples and gurdwaras are much quieter this year, with the community being urged to stay home. Try to light the, the candles
1: and the diyas at home and, and not come to the gurdwaras or temples to do that.
4: That message holding more urgency now as public health officials reveal Metro Vancouver's South Asian community is being disproportionately affected by the virus. And we also know that South Asian. Uh, people have uh, uh, are also overrepresented in terms of essential workers and being front lines to many of the services that we require. Hence, there may be more transmission pathways because uh, because we are seeing that uh, transmission occur. It's why even after this weekend, there is a need for messaging, speaking directly to this and other racialized communities, much like what second-year med school student Sukmeet Singh Satchel has done, creating masks that fit around turbans and culturally sensitive posters.
3: So if you look at our posters for instance they have a person with a turban on it or someone with a beard and again that's just to show someone if they look at a poster they see themselves in it and they're more inclined just psychologically actually they're more inclined to actually follow through with something if they see someone that represents them.
4: The hope is this and other messaging just in time for Diwali is enough to keep the community informed and safe. Nadia Store, Global News.
0: BC may have recorded its youngest death so far from COVID-19. Staff at a Port Coquitlam company are in shock after learning their colleague a young man in his 30s suddenly died at
1: home this week. Kristen Robinson reports. This young man, a uh, young healthy man, was younger than me. And, um, you know, uh, COVID is, was at our doorstep and now it's, it's in. Temperature.
5: Staff and visitors scanned at least four times a day at NutriNation in Port Coquitlam. Temperature checks just one of the safeguards in the company's 98-page pandemic response plan. The nutrition food bar manufacturer struggling to comprehend how an employee in his 30s died after testing positive for COVID-19.
1: It was very, very shocking to us that someone, uh, a young young worker would... uh, contracted and have it take such a serious serious uh, turn.
5: Aaron Schroeder says Nation's four COVID cases have all showed only mild symptoms including the worker who died who was self-isolating at home and believed to be recovering until earlier this week.
1: We called him and um, nobody answered the phone and so that was a hard part and we uh, followed up and got through to his wife and she told us that he is no longer.
5: It's unclear where the employee, who is said to have died suddenly in his sleep, contracted the virus. The company has been working with Fraser Health since learning of its first positive staff case on October 19th, and the strict protocols continue, including no mask, no entry.
6: Please wear your face mask.
5: Nutri Nation hoping everyone will embrace mask wearing and physical distancing in the fight against COVID.
1: It, it grabbed hold and it, it it won the battle.
5: The company held a moment of silence for their lost colleague giving workers a chance for socially distanced goodbyes.
1: This was done over the two-way radios and everyone did it from the workstation so it was, it was nice. I think it's time that we all look at ourselves and and bear down and get through this together. Kristen
5: Robinson, Global News. So far, there are no recorded cases
0: of anyone younger than 40 years old dying of COVID-19 in our province. And the BC Center for Disease Control's latest situation report shows just four deaths under the age of 50. Another BC business is shutting down because of the impact of COVID-19. Fortius Sport and Health posted a message on its website saying the pressures of the pandemic have made operations unsustainable. A closing date has not been determined and the center says it will be in direct contact with clients and partners as it figures out its next steps. The center says services will continue at this time and its partners at Fit First Footwear and Starbucks remain open. The Integrated Athlete Development Center first opened its doors in 2013 and has been supported by a number of sport organizations and teams. Fraser Health has issued a warning about a Surrey gym where 42 people tested positive. Gym management said online that some patrons attended the club while awaiting COVID test results, and they tested positive. Anyone who attended the Platinum Athletic Club on King George Boulevard between October 21st and November 7th needs to self-isolate and monitor for symptoms. The gym voluntarily closed November 7th and will remain closed until health officials complete contact tracing and follow-up site inspections. Island Health has issued a public health order de- mandating all owners and operators of campgrounds and RV parks on the island collect information from each patron in order to carry out contact tracing if necessary. That data must be kept for 30 days. B.C. campgrounds and RV parks have seen a surge in interest since the pandemic, with many snowbirds heading west instead of south to the U.S. due to the U.S. border being closed to non-essential travel. Due to the surge of cases in the Fraser Health region, the BC Teachers Federation is now calling on the province to reduce class sizes there. The BCTF wrote an open letter to Premier John Horgan and the Education Ministry calling on them to order school districts in Fraser Health to cut class sizes to just 15 students. BCTF President Terry Mooring says smaller classes will allow for proper physical distancing. Because a new cabinet has not been sworn in, Mooring says it's within Horgan's power to take this action
7: unilaterally.
0: With more on this, Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry joins us. Keith, this isn't exactly a new request by the BCTF.
7: No, they've had this request on the table since the beginning of the school year, Colleen. But uh, Terry Moore, I talked to her today, the president of the BCTF, says there's heightened concern now because what's going on in Fraser Health Authority is quite unlike what's going on in the rest of the province because COVID is rampaging through that health authority, particularly in Surrey. I just checked the numbers. Forty percent of all the cases reported in October uh, were in Surrey. Of all the uh, cases in B.C., zeroed in on Surrey. And that's where COVID is really a problem. That's where there's real concern from teachers, Doctor. Or, uh, Terry Moore today saying that time is of the essence because the cases are building on such high numbers so quickly.
8: We think the time to act is now. We don't want to be
0: looking back a month from now and wish someone had have acted. We're aware that government can go above and beyond the BC CDC guidelines, and so we're coming, calling on government for two things right now one is a stronger mask mandate, and the other is to reduce classes to 15.
7: So there are ongoing exposure events at schools around the province, particularly in metro Vancouver, and illustrate exactly how big the problem is exposure events right now. Surrey, 25 exposure. Now, exposure is one person only. It's not a cluster. It's not an outbreak. It's, a, it's an exposure. But I think the numbers there tell the story, calling of why Surrey right now is in a completely different situation than the rest of the province. Vancouver is second with, with 11 exposures, Richmond with 10, and so on down to Chilliwack there. So, again, th- this graphic thing tells the story of what's happening in schools, in particular in Surrey, unlike what's happening elsewhere in the province.
0: Well, that's for sure, Keith. Uh, now, you talked to Minister Fleming. What did he what do you have to
7: say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I talked to Mr. Rob Fleming. Uh, He's going to take a, you know, nothing's off the table, he says. And Health Minister Adrian Dix has made that uh, the case as well. They're going to wait, I think, until we see what unfolds this week with the new health measures in place where you're not supposed to have those public gatherings and hopefully Diwali does not lead to any of those gatherings as well. If the numbers start to decline this week, starting Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, that's reason for hope. If there's no decline, though, uh, again, no ruling out what could happen here. Schools could close early for Christmas. There could be regional restrictions as well. Again, what's happening in Fraser is not happening in the rest of the province.
0: Okay, thanks for that, Keith. A defeated candidate for the B.C. Liberal Party is publicly accusing the outgoing leader of throwing her under the bus in response to a scandal. Jane Thornthwaite made headlines during the campaign last month when video emerged of the former North Vancouver Seymour MLA making sexist comments about the NDP's Bowen Ma during a virtual roast for outgoing MLA Ralph Salten. Leader Andrew Wilkinson was among those seen laughing along. Thornthwaite apologized the next day, but it was several days before Wilkinson addressed the issue, and when he did, he pinned the blame squarely on the candidate. In an opinion piece in today's Vancouver Sun, Thronthwaite writes in part, Listening to Wilkinson throw me under the bus, I experienced what many women in our, our organization have experienced, a double standard between the treatment of men and women. Different standards existed for female colleagues and staff depending on how useful we were perceived to be. Clearly, this was my moment to be told I was now useless to the team. So far, there has been no comment from Wilkinson or the B.C. Liberal Party. A B.C. soldier who died last month during a training exercise was laid to rest today. A small military service for Corporal James Choi was held at a Surrey church this afternoon. The Canadian Armed Forces says the 29-year-old died of a gunshot wound sustained during a live fire training exercise at CFB Wainwright in Alberta. He was a member of the royal westminster regiment based in new westminster and was a trained infantry soldier the incident surrounding his death remains under investigation a happy ending today for an Anaimo couple missing since remembrance day the pair and their dog were found cold and hungry but safe yeah he hasn't had any water like for the four days Tamara Sandalak and Cody Martin's dog Rex grabbing a drink after an RCMP chopper dropped him and the couple off at Gogo's Christmas tree farm in South Nanaimo this morning. The three left Wednesday for a fishing trip near Nanaimo Lakes but got stuck after their truck broke down. They decided to stay put and wait for help amid whiteout conditions. After three nights, they started walking out today and were able to call family once they got cell reception. They were soon located at Moriarty Lake, 16 kilometers from where they were supposed to be and flown to safety.
6: All of a sudden we were walking and I was expecting at least like a six or an eight hour walk out and all of a sudden the phone, I got the news notification and then text started coming through and I was like, no way.
9: But yeah, it was surreal. It was amazing to
0: see everyone and can't thank everyone enough yeah, for yeah, what they've thanks done. thanks to all the
6: search and rescue and everything. Like
0: we snow packed snow into like, um, cans and let them melt in the heater of the truck, drank that and just had pepperoni
1: stick once, once a day.
2: So what was going through your mind Is you're... Not dying. You know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> a man has been killed in a vehicle collision near Granville Street. It happened at around 9 o'clock last night near Granville and 13th. The driver of a retired police cruiser veered off the road and slammed into the Williams-Sonoma store. The male driver was pronounced dead at the scene. A female passenger was taken to hospital in serious but stable condition. No one on the sidewalk was hit. Speed and alcohol are being investigated as possible factors. Two thieves have stolen thousands of dollars of construction tools in the Joe Rich neighborhood of the Okanagan. As Darian Matassa-Fung
9: reports, the two were caught on camera scouring the area for valuables. We have children, so we, we are very... Feel un- very unsettled at
6: the moment. Unsettled and invaded after realizing that two men had come onto their Joe Rich property, stealing thousands of dollars worth of construction tools.
9: We went right directly to um, our video surveillance, and sure enough, yes, there was two culprits that came into our on our property multiple times that morning, around between six in the morning and seven.
6: The security footage showing one man rummaging through a truck a friend has stored in their yard while the other guy scooped up the property. At one point, they even went into the attached garage.
9: So the Dodge Ram that got broken into was parked right here. Everyone can see it through the windows. The camera's there. And the the suspects were grabbing the stuff and throwing it over the fence line.
6: Tiffany Nikolic says the tools can be replaced. What can't be replaced is her family's peace of mind.
9: My parents, that are, uh, they're seniors, they're retired from the Lower Mainland. Um, they're on edge. Me and my husband, we
6: haven't hardly slept the last three nights or two nights. Nikolic says the family won't let the fact they live in a rural area allow them a false sense of security anymore.
9: Locking our doors more now. Um, locking our cars more now. Communicating with neighbours more now. Um, and we're upping our system to not just two cameras, but four or five cameras.
6: Nikolic says the RCMP are investigating, and they have linked the suspect's car to a stolen Volvo from East Kelowna. They are also hoping someone can identify the suspects by the videos. Darian Matasafong, Global News, Kelowna.
0: In the Kamloops area, a lynx that was taken to the B.C. Wildlife Park last month for treatment has now been released. Conservation officers captured the lynx after it was spotted walking through a residential neighborhood and appeared to be acting strangely. Veterinarians later determined the wild cat had fluid in its abdomen and a four-centimeter-long twig lodged in its upper eye socket. The lynx's condition improved after a round of antibiotics, and it was relocated in an undisclosed location that the wild Park says is much more suitable for the species. Some 60 people kept a safe distance while lining up to get their hands on some highly sought after whiskeys and spirits from around the world this morning. This was the scene at the 2020 Premium Spirit release on Cambie Street in Vancouver. This year, the BC Liquor Distribution branch says in addition to whiskeys, limited edition cognacs, bourbons, rums, and even tequilas have also been creating a bit of a buzz in more ways than one, I'm sure. Customers were also invited to pre-order online in an effort to manage crowds. Many of these items are rare, and as you might guess, quite expensive.
9: We had an online draw for the opportunity to purchase uh, the collectibles and these are very, very rare whiskeys and spirits. Uh, The most expensive was a 72-year-old bottle of Macallan uh, and it's around $82,500. So, um, lucky person who gets to to pick that, there were over 200 entries uh, for the opportunity to purchase that product.
0: More than a billion people in India began celebrating Diwali, the Hindu festival of lights today. But this year, the pandemic is upending some of the festivities. Some worried residents opted for low-key celebrations this year. Also, officials have appealed to people not to set off firecrackers in hopes of mitigating toxic air pollution that's been extreme in New Delhi this fall. In a sight, In a sign, rather, that Christmas is coming, the Rockefeller Christmas tree was escorted by the New York Police Department Highway Unit from a town in East Central New York, more than three hours away. The 75-foot-tall Norway spruce has been placed in Manhattan's Rockefeller Plaza. The 11-ton tree will be adorned with some 35,000 LED lights and a star made of Swarovski crystals. The tree lighting ceremony will take place December 2nd. To politics and the U.S. president making more baseless claims about the election being stolen from him. Today, thousands in the streets of Washington, D.C.
8: marched, many echoing his unfounded statements. Today in Washington, Trump supporters gave the president one thing that tees up bragging rights a huge crowd. Trump 2020! wrapping themselves in patriotic colors, but gathered here to reject the outcome of the election, echoing the president's false claims of fraud.
7: It's not over, Mr. President. We won't let them cancel our votes. We know this election
4: was stolen.
8: A brief frenzy of celebration as the president's motorcade did a slow drive-by through the crush. Social media posts captured his reaction. The president, who refuses to concede defeat, headed out to play golf, while his supporters vented anger and frustration on his behalf.
7: And we're never going to accept Joe Biden as the president of the United States.
8: Today's event attracted men wearing the colors of the far-right extremist group Proud Boys, known for advocating violence, but also families with children and supporters who traveled long distances to see what they called history. To shows Trump, we support him and love him. But as they march to the Supreme Court, at least some admit this could be a farewell to the Trump years when Joe Biden's victory is certified.
10: We are not going to believe it by no means, but we will accept it.
0: President-elect Joe Biden will face pressing foreign policy issues when he takes office next year. Relations with China, Russia and Iran will be challenging, especially given the outgoing administration's behavior towards them.
10: The relationship between China and the USA is of enormous significance. They are, after all, the world's two largest economies, but for the past four years have had a very turbulent relationship under Donald Trump. However, given China's late and cautious congratulations to President-elect Biden, they're probably not expecting a sea change in policy. Joe Biden has made it very clear during the debates that he will take a hard line on China to make sure they play by the rules. In Russia, relations will probably be frosty, given that Putin was one of the first world leaders to congratulate Donald Trump four years ago. And now that Biden has been elected, there has been radio silence from the Kremlin. President Trump was rarely critical of Russia, but Biden has been a vocal critic and has identified Russia as posing one of the biggest threats to the the United United States. And in Iran, the powers that be uh, have been waiting for Donald Trump to leave office since he he got elected four years ago. The maximum pressure campaign (laughs) has been painful They want de-escalation, a return to the 2015 nuclear deal, and sanctions relief. If the political will exists on both sides, this should be a fairly straightforward transaction. But relations between the Islamic Republic and the United States are seldom simple. Ali Aruzi, NBC News, Tehran.
0: Birthday wishes are pouring in for Prince Charles, who turns 72 today. Charles became heir apparent at just three years old. The royal family took to social media, posting two pictures of the queen with her son to mark the occasion. Celebrations in London are obviously suspended because of COVID-19. and The prince was diagnosed with the virus in March. An avid environmentalist, the next in line to the throne, penned a birthday article for Country Life magazine addressing the pandemic and climate change. In health matters, taking a single pill along with aspirin may help lower the risk of heart disease in some patients. That's the finding of a Canadian study which followed more than 5,700 people for nearly five years. All of the participants were at intermediate risk of developing heart disease researchers found that those who took a daily pill that combined blood pressure and cholesterol medication were 21 percent less likely to develop heart disease but those taking the so-called poly pill with aspirin reduced their risk of heart attacks strokes and heart-related deaths by nearly a third. At least half a dozen companies sell poly pills outside of the U.S., but right now they are not widely used or marketed.
2: You're watching Global News Hour at
3: 6.
0: Why SpaceX CEO Elon Musk won't be allowed to attend the launch of an historic flight tomorrow. We'll have that for you right after the forecast with Yvonne. But first, some cleanup today after strong winds blew through the south coast yesterday. That includes this large boat that was washed up at Vanier Park in Vancouver. That would not be good news to get as the boat owner.
11: No, and it was actually windy once again today. We'll see winds continuing this evening and in towards our Sunday morning. But if you were up early enough this morning, and there actually were a few breaks out there. It was very pleasant. We'll start off with this photo uh, captured by Al overlooking the North Shore Mountains and some breaks in Gibsons, a beautiful shot that was captured in Lindsay, a different weather picture in, uh, that was should say, Green Lake rather, not Greek Lake. Um, this is Warren's dog named Hudson enjoying some of the snow. All right, here's what we are looking at, some wet weather moving in across the south coast. We'll see on and off rain and that will continue. We've got a significant amount of snow to talk about if you're travelling along the mountain passes and I'll have those amounts in just a moment. Here's the Wall Centre Hotel uh, Tower Cam and this is overlooking English Bay. We're sitting at 5 degrees with the rainfall and it's breezy out there. We've got an easterly wind at 30 kilometres per hour. A look at some of the peak wind gusts that we've seen this evening out of the airport, just over 40 kilometres per hour. Areas near Rice Rocks, over 70, Esquimalt and Victoria with just close to 50 kilometres per hour. Current winds right now near Tuosin, just over 30. Nanaimo still seeing gusts over 30 kilometers per hour and gusts right now for Comox, just over 50 kilometers per hour. So it'll continue to be very very windy this evening and into the morning hours. The following areas that are in red, that's where you do have the wind warning that is in effect. Haida Gwaii and along the central coast still seeing the potential with gusts of up to 110 kilometers per hour. The northern tip of Vancouver Island included within that. Now along the sunshine coast, the eastern edge of the island, we still do have the potential to see winds anywhere between 70 and then gusts of up to 90 kilometers per hour. So we'll see that through this evening. It'll likely start to ease off overnight. And then the snow, a big weather story that we're following if you're traveling along the mountain passes. It'll continue tonight through tomorrow and then easing off late in the evening. So if you're traveling along the mountain passes, we still have that snowfall through the day on Sunday. Most areas along the south coast, it'll be a chance of showers and we are looking at it easing off with a few breaks just in between and then another wave moving in on Monday. Now, we do have a winter storm morning along the Coquihalla. Hope to merit could see upwards of 35 centimetres. Now, the Allison and Kootenay Pass, also a significant amount, ranging between 15 into 20 centimetres. See the sky if you're heading to Whistler, 5 and up to 10, and it's similar along the Connector, with the Rogers Pass seeing up to 15 centimetres, so the snow continuing through Sunday along the mountain passes. Now, for the northern half of the province, it'll start off as snow, especially in the morning hours. Seeing that changing over to rain is temperatures do bump up and locally most spots are seeing anywhere between two and up to five centimeters now we are going to track rain along the north coast for tomorrow that transition inland so snow changing over to rain or snow mixed with rain especially along the central interior towards the afternoon southeastern corners of the province will also see that. The tops in Okanagan, one area though that will see some breaks through the day. The snow level for the southern interior for traveling along the mountain passes do check in with dry BC. It'll start to rise through the day closer to a thousand metres. Whistler will see that transition over to rain. Highs up to three and along the south coast it'll be windy especially for the morning hours for all areas closer to the water and then as we get in towards the afternoon we are still tracking wet weather. Pretty soggy into next week Colleen but the Silver Line temperatures on Tuesday, Wednesday will bump up back into the double digits with that rain.
0: Glad you found a silver lining. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Yvonne. After a 24-hour weather delay, all systems are go for an historic space launch in Florida tomorrow. But there is a new complication. SpaceX CEO Elon Musk won't be there after he tested positive for COVID.
2: Poised for a Sunday night launch, the Falcon 9 rocket and a spaceship its crew has dubbed resilience. But after SpaceX CEO Elon Musk tweeted he tested both negative and positive for COVID, NASA quickly ensured the crew was safe and announced Musk would not be allowed on site for the launch.
7: If any of those protocols have been compromised, then we're not gonna let you near
12: the crew. And again, it's to protect the overall mission that we're trying to accomplish. And everybody
6: recognizes that, it's, it's no surprise.
2: We're ready. Um... We've spent the last couple of weeks kind of fine-tuning our training. The astronauts themselves have been social distancing and under quarantine for two weeks ahead of their six-month mission on the space station. Commander Mike Hopkins, mission specialist Shannon Walker, Japanese astronaut Soichi Noguchi, and pilot Victor Glover, the first African-American astronaut on such a long-duration assignment. This will be your first trip into space. Uh, How are you feeling? Are you a little nervous? I'm excited, you know, um, we train so much that uh, I, don't, I don't get time to, to be nervous. This four-person crew, the most to launch from U.S. soil since the shuttle retired nine years ago.
6: Go NASA, go SpaceX.
2: Coming just months after the successful yeah, SpaceX test flight last summer. One concern tonight, that thousands of spectators could create a super spreader event. NASA encouraging crowds to social distance and wear masks. Tom Costello, NBC News.
0: Now the last thing you want to hear from your crewmate in space is I'm not feeling
11: very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs>
12: That is some social distancing, though, being out in outer space yeah. from the rest Big of the time. world. Anyway, yeah.
11: they've Big got their time. own bubble for six <laughs> months. <laughs> no yeah.
12: kidding,
0: Barry. What do you got Better coming be
12: up? are ready for it. Well, uh, some uh, local boys on the world stage today in sports. Nick Taylor of Abbotsford made the cut at his first Masters. Had a really good third Ooh. round. Not quite as good as Dustin Johnson, who is uh, really pulling away and putting on quite a show at Augusta. We'll have highlights of that. And Vashik Pasbasil, who's uh, born in Vernon, lives in Vancouver, and is uh, third ever 18 tour final in uh, tennis this one in bulgaria looking for that first ever title and we'll have highlights of his match coming up
0: they have been needlessly politicized to the detriment of our society during this pandemic and while many people in bc continue to wonder why there is no provincial order mandating mask use in public spaces the u.s cdc has updated its mask guidelines with information that might encourage more people to wear them
5: The CDC's updated guidance on masks. I think they're good that uh, we've all been wearing our masks. Doesn't change anything for Mary Gonzalez. And we know that it has protected us and protected um, everybody else and our family members. So we're just going to keep wearing our masks. But now the CDC is saying that wearing masks protects the wearer as well as the people around them. It's the second major change in mask guidance this year, from saying masks weren't necessary last spring to saying they protected other people to now. What are your thoughts on the change in the guidance?
8: When we talk about science and public health, we make the best recommendations that we can make with the available evidence. Dr. Prophet
5: Kolkarni is an associate professor of medicine and infectious disease at the Baylor College of
8: Medicine. It does come with the caveat that the details of some guidance may change as we learn more about what was a brand new infection. So brand new
5: that a year ago, Americans hadn't even heard of COVID-19. But Dr.
8: Kolkarni says the new guidance isn't a radical departure. From a practical standpoint, I. I think the guideline has not changed uh, sort of what we should be doing on a daily basis. Back on the streets of Austin, Gonzalez says she hopes more
5: people start wearing their masks. I think it needs to be. If we're going to beat this thing, I think everybody needs to wear their masks. In Austin, Adele Uchita, CBS Austin News
12: this November. Visit Osoyoos for their Winter Wine Festival this month and enjoy special wine tastings, holiday light-up displays, and much more. Visit their website for a list of events. This Giving Tuesday, Royal Columbian Hospital Foundation is fundraising in support of its variety neonatal ICU. Your gifts will help purchase equipment vital to the care of BC's smallest and most fragile patients. And all gifts made before December 1st will be matched by RCH physicians, pediatricians, and
3: pediatric specialists. Global BC, celebrating 60 years of broadcasting. Celebrating 60 years as BC's News.
0: So, Barry, the Masters, just seven months late.
12: Yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, one of those COVID things. I think uh, they don't have any... uh, They call the fans at the Masters uh, patrons for some reason. And uh, if you don't call them that, you're corrected by by the powers that be. But still... We're just happy that there's uh, golf to watch, and it was great as usual on the weekend uh, as it does get at Augusta. Thanks, Colleen. There uh, was a log jam at the top very early in the third round of the Masters. At one point, nine players were tied for the lead, but when Dustin Johnson got on the course. He quickly separated from the pack and is now heavily favored to win his first green jacket Sunday in Augusta. Now Augusta National in the fall, still pretty spectacular, just different spectacular from the Augusta we know in the spring with all the azaleas and the beautiful flowers. They had to complete the second round this morning and Canadian Corey Connors had the lowest score of round two. Knocks in the long birdie at his finishing hole for a 7 under 65. Lowest score ever by a Canadian at the Masters. And then he had a decent third round as well. Sticks the tee shot to two feet on 16 to make birdie. He had it to eight under late but had a couple of late bogeys. Still sitting tied 15th at six under. Abbotsford's Nick Taylor just made the cut on the number in his first Masters. Then went out and shot 69 in round three. Short birdie at the 12th. Nick Tied for 29th at minus three. Mike Weir, the 2002 Masters champ, made his first cut since 2014. Knocks down the long birdie on 16, had it to four under at one point, finished two under, tied 36. So Canadians uh, with a strong showing. Adam Hadwin, by the way, just missed the cut by one. Tiger began the day at five under, ended it at five under, makes birdie at 12. You can see the back is tender. A long day for him, played 26 holes but he is still tied for 20th. Rory McIlroy had the second-best round on Saturday. Holes out from the bunker for birdie, a 5-under-67. Rory stands 10th at 8-under. John Rahm was tied for the lead through two rounds, was hanging in there until the 8th, duffed one shot and then hit another one off a tree, made a double bogey, and now he's way back in 7th, 7 off the lead. That is because Dustin Johnson put the pedal down, starts it at the second hole after crushing his drive 353 yards his approach from 222 is right at the pin sticks it to two feet made the eagle two shot lead and he was just getting started then at the fourth from 38 feet johnson with the long birdie putt look how excited he is that's dj he went four under in a three-hole stretch to Get that lead up and increases it at the 7th after another bomb drive of 322. Flips in the wedge from 114. Some professional backspin. Takes it to a couple of feet. Johnson, 5 under on the front, and he's got a 3-shot lead. On the back 9, just the two birdies on the par 5s, but made it look so easy. Just no stress for this guy today. Beautiful lag putt for Eagle here. Made the birdie. Johnson with a 7 under 65. His 16 under total ties Jordan Spieth's mark for the lowest score through three rounds at the Masters. He hit 14 of 14 fairways today and when he does that nearly impossible to beat because he's got so many short irons in to those par fours and fives. But he's uh, got a four-shot lead over three players, including Abraham Anser of Mexico, Sung Jae Im of South Korea, Cameron Smith of Australia also at 12-under. Justin Thomas is six back. The Masters' low score record is 18-under, shared by Tiger and Jordan Spieth. You have to like Johnson's chances to set a new mark tomorrow as he looks to get that first-ever green jacket. All right, Fasik Pospisil that. gunning for his first it's ATP real. Tour exactly. title was in the final of the, the Sofia Open in Bulgaria. Fashik ranked the uh, num- in uh, the uh, top 70, taking on 19-year-old Yannick Skinner of Italy, a very good up-and-comer. Fashik oh, upping oh, his ATP so ranking, ranking to, to 61 would go to number 48 with the they win. Good to... start here. They would split the first two sets. Third set featured a number of spectacular shots from both players. Vashik has center in trouble, but the young Italian goes back on the lob and hits the winner. Great shot later in the set. Vashik serving at 3-4, again showing off his fantastic volley skills. That's why he won Wimbledon doubles back in 2014. Beautiful oh, lunge brilliant. volley winner to take the point. And now for all, Pospisil with another great shot. This time rolling the forehand over and firing the winner cross court. It oh, would it go to a tie break to decide things and Pasquale continues his high quality of play the swinging volley to win the point but Sinner was just relentless Vashik with a valiant effort on this point just to keep the ball in play but finally Sinner will rip the forehand winner and the young Italian prevails in three very high-quality sets, 6-4, 3 six, seven, six. so still no ATP title for 30-old Vasek Pospisil, but he's playing like a top-30 player now, drops to 0-3 in ATP finals. Well, a miserable, wet, slick day for Formula One qualifying at the Turkish Grand Prix. Plenty of spin-outs. Canada's Lance Stroll handled the slippery surface better than anyone. Lewis Hamilton qualified just sixth, but Lance Stroll wins the pole. the first time by a Canadian since Jacques Villeneuve in 1997. Stroll
7: crosses the line and he does go pole. 147.7. Lance Stroll is on pole for the first time in his career.
6: He P1.
7: P1. Yes, boys!
12: He's all pumped up. We'll see if he can uh, deliver on race day tomorrow. The uh, Seahawks have two huge divisional games coming up in the space of five days. Tomorrow versus the Rams in L.A., then home Thursday versus Arizona. Seattle leads the division at 6-2 and two by a single game over both of those teams. A sweep would pretty much sew up first place, but they will have to play the Rams without top running backs. Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde one more time who are out for a third straight week. Chanel, who often plays injured, has all you need to know in the red zone.
3: It's a showdown for first between teams who have lost two of their last three. Now, the Seahawks were mauled by the Bills last week as the 44 points allowed were the most in Pete Carroll's 11 seasons in Seattle. The Rams come in off their bye week and this one has huge ramifications in the division because an L.A. win Sunday means we could see a three-way tie atop the NFC West. A couple of weeks ago, the Rams' offense spent more time turning the ball over than scoring, but Jared Goff can throw. He'll be licking his chops against that terrible Seattle secondary. He has three 300 passing yard games this season. Expect number four on Sunday. Aaron Donald is tied for the most sacks in the NFL this season with nine and has always been a thorn on the side of Seattle, reporting eight sacks over the last three seasons. And overall, the LA defense is number two, including second best against the pass while allowing just 19 points a game, also second best in the NFL. Russell Wilson had his worst game of the season, four turnovers, poor protection as Buffalo recorded five sacks while hitting him 10 times. What's troubling, he's thrown five interceptions in the last two losses. Since entering the league, Wilson has a record of seven and nine versus the Rams and has been sacked 61 times. That's an average of four every game. The defense getting torched again, giving up 420 yards last week. Seattle allows an average of 455 total yards, by far the worst in the NFL. And last week gave up eight plays of more than 20 yards. The only bright spot, the Hawks had a season-high seven sacks. And while stopping the pass is key, the Seahawks have given up 11 rushing touchdowns. Only four teams have allowed more. The Hawks are a two-point underdog Sunday and have lost three of their last four visits to L.A. since the team moved to California. Now, the Rams are undefeated at home and are a perfect 3-0 and against the spread at SoFi Stadium this season.
12: You said you like Chanel's look there with the, uh, I do. the mock
3: neck. Yeah. Very very uh, autumnal, I believe.
12: Yes.
0: I'm very much so. Thanks so much, okay. Barry.
3: The Global News and 980 CKNW Leadership Series, an in depth collection of one on one interviews featuring a diverse array of some of our province's most prolific and innovative community leaders. Tune in to Global BC, BC1 and 980 CKNW for a new interview each week, November 7th through November 29th. The Global News and 980 CKNW Leadership Series, in partnership with Fortis BC. Energy at work.
0: We hear a lot of negative news coming from the u.s these days but it may be safe to say most of our neighbors to the south have their hearts in the right place a man in fort myers florida certainly does carlton crabble put a sign at the end of his driveway to let people know where they could get a free meal no charge crabble cares for and cooks for his disabled wife but wanted to extend his culinary skills to a community hard hit by the pandemic The meal started with just hamburgers and hot dogs, but expanded to include a variety of comfort foods. At times, three dozen people will take Crabble up on the offer to cook. He cooks five days a week and says he plans to continue until there is no longer a need. When I see people leave here and they're smiling, man, that makes me feel good. That's all, that's it. And by the way, Crabble uses his own money to purchase the food. Nice guy. Yeah. Great story. Nice guy. Another one of those uh, COVID heroes. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
12: give a little back and or give a little out and you get a lot back,
0: I, I think. probably so, gets a lot Great back. example. Exactly. Uh, I don't like it, but can you
11: give us one last look at the <laughs> forecast? It's pretty soggy. Uh, tomorrow we're going to see showers uh, into the morning, windy conditions so heads up, especially if you're closer to the water. And then it's a pretty great looking forecast. We've got on and off rain. It'll come in waves. There may be a few breaks or lighter precipitation at times. And then the double digits, that's what I'm trying to say for the silver lining. Focusing on that, that'll be on Tuesday, Wednesday. But be prepared your rain gear and it's mild. We're not shoveling any snow at this point. Don't have to shovel it. Yeah. That is the news hour for tonight. Jordan is here at 11. Stay
0: with us now for Donna Friesen and the new reality. Have a good night.